Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of the Crime Library. I am Sarah. And I'm Jesse. And this week, we're going to be covering Murder in the Bayou, Who Killed the Woman Known as the Jeff Davis Ape by Ethan Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, normally we start with <laughs> me asking you how you like this book, but I think we're going to start with the disclaimer that we hated this book. <laughs> <laughs> And it sucks because I picked it out and I'm like, why did I do this to The premise behind it is great and amazing. Um, And these women's stories definitely deserve to be told. But the book itself and the story around it is just a hot hot mess. mess. Yes, exactly. It is what we in the South like to call a hot mess. And it literally is like the real story, the book, everything. We don't even know the real story. We're going to get into that. But everything about this is a hot mess. (laughs) And part of it is because I want you to think about like uh, when cops are hunting down serial killers in movies and they have those red string boards like this person ties to this person. Yeah. Imagine a wall covered in red string that goes everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And that's literally from both these (laughs) murders and this book. Like the book, yeah, do a better job of putting them into any kind of not story, but like sense, I guess, right? Than just the murders themselves, too, right? You think the book's gonna make it make sense, right? And the book does nothing of the like sorts. it's, <laughs> I think we hope going into any of these books that it's gonna tell us a story in a way that's gonna like honor the victims and let you know right like what happened to them um i don't think he (laughs) i I feel like i'm about to talk a shitload of trash about ethan brown but i don't think his intentions are bad one i feel like his whole entire book reads as like a research article and it's just like cut copy and paste like this bit of information from this news conference here and then move on to this right this but we have so many people's story in this and it's not just the eight eight women who are murdered in this book we have people in the town people in surrounding parishes people murder victims that don't even relate to these eight women that we can tell but somehow do there's just (laughs) there's too much (laughs) there was already rage going into this I think that's why we picked this is there was just a deep rage of like how could eight women become murder victims and none of them have any kind of resolution to their yeah there's zero already a rage about that but then to go and read their stories but not really know what we talked about it I've read this twice this is our like fourth time trying to do this recording right right we've watched documentaries I listened to another podcast about it like we tried so hard to get some kind of rhyme or reason to tell these women's stories and literally have ended up with nothing. Yeah. So there's even more deep rage there. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get into that a little bit like later on, but you'll soon find out that this place that these women lived uh, is just, it's, it's insane. So it's show. yeah, it's yeah. not, it's, <laughs> it's something that if it was in a like movie, a fiction movie, you'd be like, Oh, now they're just doing too much to make you think. Like, this is a bad place where bad people live. <laughs> now they're just doing too much. Right, right. But it's real life. Like, yes. I don't know. So I'm confused and angry and 
lost and we don't like this book. <laughs> no. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't read it if you yeah. want to. And you definitely And even if you don't want to read the book, definitely at look least look up story. the cases and yes, look up the women. Uh because there it is a hot mess, but it's it's still one, like you said, they need to exactly these women's stories still need to be heard, but it's still interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big fuckery but it's still quite interesting it's, as yeah it's interesting in a way that makes you want to bang your head open. yes exactly like so. yeah yeah <clears throat> all right so this isn't going to be our normal type of episode where we follow a normal set of this is kind of what happens in the story because also we're jumping around so much and sometimes mm-hmm. that works with the story in the flow and and to bring things together here it does not it yeah. is one cut from one person to another in a situation and you already have yes. so many names and places to remember that jumping mm-hmm. like that doesn't help so yeah it goes to the murders and it goes to ethan doing the research and then it goes back to this person and back way back like it's mm-hmm. just everywhere and there's no way to follow a straight line here so yeah. <laughs> we're gonna make our own <laughs> our own way our own way <laughs> as best as we can but um yeah at the end of this episode, we're probably going to leave you feeling as confused as we felt, but it's not our fault. Exactly. Yeah. And it's part know. of the experience. <laughs> yeah. You can't experience this book and this story without some kind of what the fuck. So oh we're going to so, give it to you guys. So many what the fucks. All right. <laughs> so let's get into Let's talk about this shit. Let's do it. All right. So we are going from... May of 2005 to August of 2009. And this is the time span of when eight women were killed in Jefferson Davis County or parish. I don't parish, know. Yeah. Parish, yeah. Also known as Jennings. Sometimes they're referred to as the Jennings Eight. All right. So the eight women that were murdered were Loretta Chase and Lewis, Ernestine Marie Daniels Patterson, Kristen Gary Lopez, Whitney Dubois, Laconia Muggy Brown, Crystal Shea Benoit, Zeno, uh, Brittany Gary, and then Nicole Guillory. Right. So we have eight women who the through line for them is really how they lived. Um, Not in any way, shape, or form are we saying that these women deserve to die. Right. I want to say that like straight up, we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about the lifestyle a lot, but nothing in their life deserves for not only them to be killed, but then for everyone to just ignore that they were killed and move on with their life. Agree. Um, So we're going to talk about Loretta first. So Loretta was the first victim. Uh, She was 28. She was found and she was found in. She was found on a canal. canal. Yeah. Well, in a canal. Yeah. Uh, with Loretta and with, I think all but two of these victims, their bodies are so decomposed that they can't give a definitive time of death or like right way that they died. Um, but that they can tell that she had cocaine and alcohol in her system. Mm -hmm. Uh, with Ernestine, she was also found in a canal. It was just five miles south of where Loretta was found. Yeah. They know that she had drugs in her system, and they know that her throat had been slashed. Uh, with Kristen Gary Lopez, she came. So Loretta and Ernestine were 
months apart in 2005. Yes. Um, in Ernestine's case, actually, they had two people that they were pretty sure mm-hmm. did it. Had a, They arrested them at some point, and then that fell apart for some reason. Yeah. So then we jump two years later, 2007, March 2007, and Kristen Gary Lopez was found. In a, it just says in a body of water, so I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a lake or anything. All of these. It says found floating in a canal outside of Jennings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she was nude with just one sock on her foot, and she was one of the ones who was badly decomposed, and they couldn't yeah. tell the time of or the cause of her death. They don't say that she was found with but what I have doesn't say she was found with drugs in her system, though. Yeah, I don't see anything about that either. Then we jump to may of 2007 so we have two in 2005 or two in 2005 and then two in 2007 and that's whitney dubois and so then we jump to 2007 and whitney dubois body was found uh in the middle of a road she had a large amount of drugs in her system and for some reason even though she wasn't dumped in water cause of death couldn't be determined i don't know if that was because she had been found for a long time but that doesn't make sense because she was in the middle of a road right anyway that's one of the long list of things that we can add to what yeah, we don't fucking e- know exactly <laughs> then we jump to almost exactly a year later uh may 29th 2008 laconia muggy brown uh, was found by a roadside. They were able to give her a cause of death as homicide. Her throat was also slit and she suffered cuts to her neck and behind her ear. Later that year, September 2008, Crystal Shea Zino died and hunters found her in a small wooded area. But it was her skeletal remains. So I don't even know how long she would have been there for. Yeah. Um, scary. Yeah, if her skeletal remains, they again they couldn't do. Obviously, it was her skeletal remains. Nothing obvious was found of her cause of death, and they couldn't even identify her until so from September to November they couldn't identify her. But then in November of 2008, same year, Brittany Gary was found. She vanished for on November 2nd, uh, and they actually have a video, and I have seen this video of her coming out of the dollar store and she goes to what they think is to get in someone's car. And that's the last time anyone's seen her, but they can't identify the car found off a highway is what this says. And there's, they have not been able to determine a cause of death. And our last victim happened in August of 2009, Nicole Guillory, just hours after Nicole Guillory was reported missing highway workers allegedly came across her body. No official ruling has yet been made regarding her cause of death. So that is the bare facts of how these women's bodies were found. Yes. We, we can't mm-hmm. even say how they were killed. Yeah. Um, and I think the frustrating thing is that through this book, we get a lot of, he did a lot of research with a lot of townspeople. So we get mm-hmm. a lot of people's different interpretations of what could have happened to them around their death, but no actual answers. Yeah. With the exception of maybe like two or three of them. We kind of know right. what happened to maybe two or three of them. Yeah. The rest, we don't really have a clue. And that's so frustrating. And you think hearing eight, you think that like serial killer obviously comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in the book, it's like it was very obvious that this wasn't a serial killer. It was serial killings. Yeah. Or serial murders, not killings. And that I didn't even know that could happen. Right. Is where I'm coming like. 
I'm so mind blown that eight women, I didn't even know that because they're obviously not killed the same way, except for Mm -hmm. two of them have their throats. Right. So maybe actually, maybe they all were because yeah. some of them you can't even And I mean, tell. they're all found in similar type, like canals, yeah, like, near bodies of water. Of, that's on- the thing is that some of them are canals, the body of water. Some of them are on roadways. Like yeah. some of them are so all secluded areas. That's for so sure. True. But different. I think too. the whole place was pretty secluded though. I mean. Yeah. Jennings in general. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. But <laughs> Jennings in general has so much to do with how they're killed, why they're killed, mm-hmm. how they even end up in those situations they end up in. But, but yes. Back to, yeah. There's, there's no evidence that's pointing to this as one person committing these murders. Right. Okay, so that's kind of um, what we know about their deaths. We don't have anything verified of what actually happened to them. A few stories we know could have happened to them, but because mm-hmm. everything is so blurry and there are so many like accounts from all different kinds of people, we don't know. So the only thing we can really do now is talk about talk about the what circumstances yeah the circumstances surrounding all these cases yeah and the things that led to them being in situations that might have contributed to them getting killed um and that's basically just being in jennings and what yeah what happens in jennings so we'll we'll talk about that now i guess yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is frustrating to not be able to say more about each person there is eight of them and they all deserve their own time and attention and it's really it pisses me off that i can't Mm -hmm. give everyone like book reports on every single one of them all right so let's talk about jennings because jennings (laughs) jennings seems like a paradise on earth i mean (laughs) i definitely think i'd vacation there (laughs) no kidding kidding on all fronts um we find out that it's go ahead I was going to say the only cool thing that we know, the only part of this book we did like oh, yes, getting yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit of backstory on Louisiana in general and how yeah. the French who used to be in Canada kind of got kicked out when Brit- Britain was trying to take over and they moved. They were called the Arcadians, Arcadians, Acadians. Mm-hmm. They moved down to Louisiana and that's where Creoles happen or Cajuns yeah. happen. Cajun, yeah. It Cajun eventually, comes like- from Cadian. Mm-hmm. Cadian. And I did learn recently that there's a huge difference between Cajun and Creole, which is oh. like Harry Con Harry Connick Jr. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. So like the white upper class, charming like Louisiana girl, they're Creole. Like the working class have been there forever and are basically what it is. Those are Cajuns. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. I didn't know, I knew know that. that. But that's but yeah, there was the some cool backstory. <laughs> the only thing we enjoyed is the backstory and learning more about uh, how kid. Because I never knew where the word Cajun came from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Jennings, just hearing that history was cool. So, but yeah, yeah anyway, <laughs> Jennings is like kind of what you would think about as a typical American town in the way that it had a lot of booms throughout the years. Like it had a lot. It had the oil boom. It had like factories. It had a lot of booms. And then eventually, as those things died out, Jennings got left to the wayside. Yeah, it just exactly. So other things bustled up around it and it never mm -hmm. 
Like they say, they that couldn't one of keep the up. Biggest turning points for Jennings was that the highway was built, so people who would normally yeah. have to go through Jennings would go around it. Now. Around it, and mm-hmm. the businesses closed up, and and then one of the huge things also about Jennings is that it's on this like Gulf Coast throughway for drug trafficking. That's what I was gonna get at. Yeah, so we find out that it's like a bypass for. Mm-hmm all these people carrying drugs. So it's kind of like in the middle of all that. Right. So businesses left, jobs have left. The only thing really happening in your town is drugs. Drugs. What's going to happen? People are going to become addicted to drugs. And it starts a ridiculously disgusting cycle for Jennings of the cops are doing drugs, but the informants are doing drugs and they keep informing on other people and getting arrested and, and like doing things to get drugs that gets them in a situation where they need to then exchange information to get out of jail. Or a lot of these women were sex workers. So they would, you know, have sex with these cops to get them. It starts a cycle of never being able to get out because you're just feeding into. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The whole town is corrupt and in the same, like you said, the same state of mind. They can't, they just can't get out of it. They can't break that cycle. They and it's, Which is why I don't. As we it. hear in the story, it's pretty much everybody there. On, <laughs> so on it the seems. south side, on the south side, yeah. so again, yes, it's yeah. very typical. Like there is a north side of town, literally across some railroad tracks, that has more like money and nicer houses and right. doesn't have as much crime. So again, there's just a typical like divide and social it's a really a lot about social class and um yeah. money in this place that determines who's gonna make it and who doesn't and that sucks mm-hmm. yeah yeah because as like as we read like you said most of these women were sex workers they a lot of them are from that like underprivileged lifestyle and that's i feel like why we were saying their stories were just kind of swept under the rug and that's why it's important. One of them even, I want to say it's Crystal, but I don't want to call it out in case it is. So I'll just say one of them even was um, doing drugs with her father before she went missing. So like, it's not just the town. It's like, you were literally born into these yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Some, one of them was like the niece of a drug dealer and like, one of them we have uh muggy which again not blaming anyone but i literally hate what i'm about to say so i'm gonna get mad at muggy but that does not mean that she is right you know that her story is not valuable and that it's okay and she was her. at fault in any way right <laughs> so muggy uh had an incident where she was riding around with a friend of hers and she drove to her uncle's house and she basically sold this friend to a drug dealer to be raped for some drugs. And this is an uncle that was uh, indicated in Ernestine's killing. So it's so some, a lot of the things that people say is that one person witnessed this person's dealings and then they Mm -hmm. were killed and they saw it. And again, that like red string map. So they all see things, they all know things. And because they are working with people who are maybe dealing drugs, which also is the cops, they're dealing drugs too. We'll right. get to that a little bit. But also <laughs> they're working with the cops to catch in quotation marks these other criminals. So they're seeing everything. So yes. they're literally it's coming everywhere. They're dangerous. Yeah, there's their multiple life. instances where 
these women that were killed either like witness something like that, like you just said, or their boyfriend or significant other, or mm-hmm. like they're all, they need something they weren't, they're all connected to, to almost exactly to almost every single like crime that was committed during those times. It seems that at least one of them could be traced back to it in one way or another, mm-hmm. if not multiple. At the end of, I'm not sure where, because I, I said, like I said, I listened to a podcast mm-hmm. and I, I'm not sure where I heard this, but somewhere, I think it was in the documentary, which if you're going to do anything, maybe don't read this book. Maybe don't, inside I don't read this book, but if you want to, sure. But if you're going to do anything, watch the docuseries Murder in the Bayou. Right. I think it does a little bit of a better job at laying it out. Um, but they say that they don't even know that Loretta is actually the first like victim because they can't really know that because it's not one person. So they can't right. really know. Mm-hmm. They bring up a, a case. Like there's so many other murders in this book. There's a murder yeah. of a couple. There's a quick stop murder. Like there's so many other murders in this book. And in the docuseries, they bring up one specific woman that they think might have been connected to it. I can't mm-hmm. remember her name, unfortunately. But they don't even know. And they don't know if that's where it stopped with Nicole Guillory. Like, right. There's no way to know in this town because everything is so messed up. Yeah. 100%. Makes you like infuriated that it's never been, no one gets a freaking slap on the hand. No one gets called out at all. But it'd be impossible because, like you were saying, the cops are involved in it all as well. But you're telling me that there's no one (laughs) above the cops that can come in and say, like, hey, I yeah, I mean, I don't know how any of that works, that be, but I know. there has, there is, there That's definitely is. I have no idea, but, but I hope there is. And I hope that, that somebody could say something in the fact yeah. there. So that leaves us with two options. Either there is somebody and they haven't done anything or there isn't somebody. And it's literally left to these people who straight up, I think are involved in some of these murders. So those two options, I don't like, Yeah, <laughs> and I'm really angry about it. <laughs> we need better angry (laughs) we need more once again we're back here telling you that the justice system sucks and we don't know how to deal with it we don't know the answers to it but we know it sucks and we can say it sucks yes and so hopefully you smarter people like smarter than us can help change this stuff yeah. <laughs> we'll bring the awareness if you have any actual you guys. ideas on how yeah. to change it let us know we'll help we'll talk about it but we don't know what's a, we don't know what exactly to do. we don't know where to start so please give us information because then we could use it to give these people information <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's very frustrating and it's one big endless cycle of shit yeah and nothing gets solved to the point where no They've had instances where um, people have been killed in police shootings where it definitely should have been investigated more, but it was closed mm-hmm. super quickly. Dateline was doing a freaking special on them because they were yeah. jams on the highway for out-of-town people. Like, there's been attention to it. Now this book and then the statue series. Like, there's been attention to it, but nothing is happening. I literally looked up updates in 2020. Nothing yeah, and there's still happened. nothing. There's still nothing. <laughs> the only update is that Frankie Richard died, and we're about to get into him. And oh, I'm, yeah, I I'm saw glad. that. But that's the only update I have, <laughs> and I can't. It blows my mind. Yes. Yeah, so sorry, guys. That's literally all I have to say is that I'm angry. I'm really upset and annoyed and frustrated, and there's not a whole lot. 
to talk about because there's not a whole lot we can really explain because it seems unexplainable. Yeah. And a lot of it is just like alleged stuff. So right. who even knows if what we're reading and what we're saying is even the cold hard facts because I'm sure there's so much right that isn't. And I'm sure there is some that is, but I'm it's just like you said. So we have kind of like grasping at straws. Yeah, it's like we have different people <laughs> who we kind of know are um involved and we'll go through those a little bit to kind of talk about them but mm-hmm. anything we say from here on out is literally hearsay because we can't actually know what happened but yes so we have Frankie Richard who is just a big pile of dung <laughs> like i can't <laughs> he is a drug lord kind of slash thing he's a pimp for sure he had mm-hmm. like a strip club like listen Honestly, sex work, I'm behind. And I 100% am for someone who wants to use their body in a way that they want to, especially if it means that they're doing something, you know, they feel is valuable and and getting money from that. Yeah, I'm 100% behind sex work. So that's why I feel like we need a different term for it when women or men are forced into the situation. Yeah, like these women didn't voluntarily decide one day, hey, I'm going to, you know, go out and make some money because I love and enjoy sex and I just want to make money off that. And I think I'd be good at it. And it's something I could do for like their addiction drove it to them, their lifestyles, how they were raised drove it to them, the people around them drove it to them. like there's an, it doesn't seem like sex work to me. It seems like something gross. Right. I just can't. Again, I'm, I get what I'm you're saying. On it. Like, yeah, <laughs> sex work does not seem negative to me. What these people did seems right. negative to me. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> when you feel like there's really like no other Options. choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Frankie Richard contributed to that because he would supply drugs for like they say there was a camper that his brother owned and everyone knew if girls wanted to get drugs they could go to this camper and do something with guys and get drugs yeah Frankie Richard is indicated multiple times in these women's murders whether it be he was the last one to be seen with two of them uh, or he is was well known for hiring out to like do dirty odd jobs that people Mm -hmm. needed because he's already a criminal. He's already in that life. So they're like, Hey, he'll take care of it. And he would hire people out to do like beat people up. Or it's really not a stretch that if you had a body you wanted to get rid of, maybe you could call Frankie Richard and he'd take care of it for you, which is why they think he was constantly getting let go by the cops and not really getting charged for anything. Because he had these secrets on these right. people that exactly. they didn't want to get out. So, Like he's worked for them in the past doing things that they wouldn't want the right. public to know. Because we for probably sure wasn't know the most legal. <laughs> the cops are taking these drugs that they're seizing on the highway and then introducing them back into their community through yeah. certain people. And that's yeah. probably one way he was connected to them. But who's to say they didn't kill one of these girls and then call Frankie to cover it up like only my thought or opinion there but it seems yeah it seems like not a big jump to me no I 100% agree I don't know that he committed the murders or any of the murders maybe he did maybe he didn't like you said this is all alleged but he definitely to me was involved yes Yes. exactly he was (laughs) In my mind, he was part of it somehow. There's no way he didn't 
have some mm-hmm. kind of factor in it. Um, and he's dead now, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not, yeah. yeah, I'm not upset that he's dead. Because right. um, even if he wasn't I'm, involved, he wasn't a. We have seen for fact wise, like he wasn't a good person. Right. I'm upset so. that maybe that means he'll never like be held accountable for his actions. But right. at this point, like, just be gone with him. I can't. Yeah. He can't add any more yeah. to the problem. So so we have Frankie, who is a drug dealer and kind of on one side, right? And then we have people like Terry Guillory. Oh, who gosh. Is, yes. Who is just the same level of human dung as Frankie, but in a different position. Because Terry he Guillory. for the police? He runs what the What do you call jail. it? The police department. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm he trying to think the of the word. Jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every... Every time these women are being arrested, they're coming into contact with Terry Guillory. On more than one occasion, he's been implicated in having sex with them. He's one of them. Nicole is his, what, cousin or niece? Cousin. Cousin. And he straight up had said to her that he'd like to have sex with her. Yeah. I cannot do anything without that, without, like, his scream at that. And his wife, well, ex-wife, right? Ex-wife? Yeah, his ex-wife. She was was on the commission that eventually And she was... Yeah, she was just as dirty. Yeah, she was just as dirty. She was a cop, too. She Eventually, they end up putting together a task force, quote-unquote. It doesn't really get yeah. anything fucking done, so right. I don't know that you can Nothing, call it yes. But it's task. It, it's her on this task force with a bunch of other people who are doing nothing, but are also implicated in being connected to yeah. the, these women. So how can you yeah. have a fair and unbiased investigation if your husband is a jailer who is also related to one of them but is also implicated in sleeping with a bunch with, of them yeah like <sighs> yeah Sarah I just want to yell this is not <laughs> I'm just mad like I'm just I know. gonna sit here and cross my arms and be mad I know and there is the other I don't I want to talk about the one who would uh, like drug the workers with his wife and have sex with them wasn't or that, does he fall into it all david oh, barry he was just a random pl- that's the thing that was just a random one okay that was that's a, what no. i thought i was like i don't really <laughs> no 100%, but then yeah we should talk about him <laughs> okay but the thing is that i didn't know if he like a played, police officer that's what i mean i didn't know if he played into the story so Again, i didn't want to following just, the red good. string okay. back to it yeah. because he is connected i think that he what was his name david barry let me find uh where he comes in but I think that he was just like in a Yeah, I think you're I think, yeah. I don't think he was like I mean he wasn't like Terry Guillory, who's like in the story a lot. See, what good is this fucking timeline? It doesn't even have David. That's what I mean. It's like it just said like what I read was just yeah, I remember Sheriff Officer. Mm-hmm. There are so many people like David who is accused of um drugging sex workers, picking up sex workers yeah. with his wife, right? Um, yeah, they would just drive around, pick up these women. They would drug them mm-hmm. and then they bring them back to their house. They had a sex room. That's what it was. Right. And they and would have sex with these drugged women. Someone in the police department and yes. maybe kind of connected to the thing. Someone we're introduced to in the book who we don't know exactly how it ties into the murders, but it's the type of person that we're dealing with right. in this place. Exactly. This is somebody on their police department in their sheriff's office. And this is the type of people you're dealing with. We have uh, a situation where one of the police officers buys a truck off of an inmate. Yeah, that's probably was, been used in. Was it evidence? One of the yeah, victims' bodies. It cleans mm-hmm. it and then sells it. 
Yeah. There are so many breaches of like just common sense logic that gets blown out of the water here. It's amazing. Yes. And that's just, it's insane. Like you said, that's the kind of thing we're dealing like these are the kind of people I just can't. That's like what's not surprising as to why there's no answers to any of this. But like you were saying a little while back, isn't there somebody who can come in and help? Yeah, there's got because I mean, obviously this whole this whole system in their town, especially. I mean, we already know that everything's broken, yeah. but look at this town specifically and look at how broken it is there. Mm-hmm. And no one's coming in to help. So it well, that's seems. What I, say, I feel like that's what the task force was supposed to be about. Cause I think there was some FBI people on it with them. Right. Uh, but, but look at how, nowhere. yeah, I was about to say, look at how many so, of them were biased. Like you were saying, we're involved. We're doing illegal things. Doing? Yeah. What are we doing? What is the, if anything, doing? that task force was probably going behind all the crimes and cleaning it up more right, so says, nobody would even find out. <laughs> you should just announce, we don't give a shit. We're not going to look into these investigations. We probably know what happened, but we don't care. And we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing. Literally, that's what you should just announce because you're almost blatantly saying that anyways by putting yeah. people already involved in the case on the task force by they would shut victims' families down at like press, uh, press conferences. They would shut them down and be like, no, that's not what's really happening when they're talking about. There was a very specific instance. I think it was early on. It was one of the girls. I think it was Kristen where she was identified by her tattoos. But Terry Guillory had gone to the house and said that they identified yeah. her. But they had also said her body was too decomposed right. to identify her. And yeah, like, he said it before they actually knew it was her. So yeah, how did he know? Exactly. I forgot yeah. about that. That's so true. There's That's so, so much to forget. So sketchy. <laughs> so many little bits of details like that that gets lost because there's so much happening. Yeah. And that's so scary. That's what I'm saying. Like if we could take one and focus on what happened to her in her story and go from there without trying to group them together and just go one by one, maybe that would be easier because mm-hmm. some of their details get lost on trying to connect them all together. Right. And they obviously weren't killed by the same person. Yeah. Now, did like a community, a weird community form around their deaths? Yes, obviously. Yeah. There, like, yeah. A weird network of dirty right. cops and drug dealers and, and gross yeah. people in between. Maybe like a group of people who kind yeah. of like all knew what was going on. Maybe something like that. But yeah, right. I don't think it was done by one person. So I feel like it just gets lost when you're trying mm-hmm. to group it together. Though, like you didn't remember that that bit of information because yeah. it just there's so much. There's of yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan Brown does not really. He's too close, honest to God. He's too close to the situation. He's been threatened mm-hmm. a couple times. He has very big feelings, which I get. I understand. Yeah. Uh, but for the purposes of just telling these women's story, he's too close to the situation, and it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't come out the way I think he wants it to. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. He gets big mad when they dog his book. He gets really, <laughs> really mad. <laughs> like, dude, I get it. But like, also, chill out. You think these people committed yeah. murders. So exactly. Right? You're blowing opinion. them up. and <laughs> Maybe not bank on their opinion of your book. If they don't like your book, it's it's kind of OK. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, I would bet that they wouldn't. So, yeah. I mean, I would already be expecting that if I were you. <laughs> But there's got to be like a level of confidence with them that 
all this happened. Press conferences happened. Like uh, the Dateline thing happened. They mm-hmm. keep getting a spotlight shown on them, but then literally it fades two seconds later. Yeah, they keep getting away with this. So there, at this point, you'd be like, "Fucking write a book." No one's gonna believe you because we've been through this all before. No one's gonna give a shit because we've been through this all before. Yeah, and it just keeps proving them right that no one is listening nope. or caring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the, that's just the, that is the most frustrating part. (laughs) And we couldn't even, we've literally tried to record this four times and we couldn't figure out a way to tell these women's stories because they haven't been told, honestly. Yeah. Uh, And we wanted to do an unsolved case so we could put in our opinions and think about what happened, but we were not expecting we specifically this. wanted an unsolved case. That's why we picked this book. Yes. But we didn't want this completely scrambled. <laughs> yes. Yes. We wanted something that we could kind of uh, tell the story and then figure out maybe what happened because we're ridiculous and armchair detectives. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of know what happened with all of them. But yeah, nothing. The amount of rage I have for this book in this situation. Right. And I am glad. The book was crazy, but I am glad that I got more information on it because like you said, there's podcasts on it. There's a documentary mm-hmm. on it. There's all this stuff about it, but I never really knew much right. of the subject. So I'm glad that I did do that research. And I do know, um, cause yeah, it's a hot mess, but it is something that needs to change and it is something right. that needs to be talked about. And so it's good that all this stuff is out there. So for that reason, I'm glad. Yeah. But for recording podcast reasons, it's like. It's not very good. Ah! And we apologize, but that's just where we're at. And we just had to do it and move on from it because we've been holding on to this for weeks, yeah. trying to figure out a, the best way to bring it to you. And mm-hmm. we don't we don't have an answer to it. We really want you to know these women's stories. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was going to say. Even if you don't read the book, just look into these women, uh, look into this stuff because yes, it's frustrating, but mm-hmm. it's, it's still, it's, it's worth, worth it. Yeah. It's worth knowing what happened, trying. It's worth knowing that they meant something in the world. Exactly. And that's basically it. <laughs> that's yeah. All we can talk about that's yeah. where we're at. Um, Again, there's about a thousand, uh, probably about a hundred thousand things we didn't touch on. Yes, literally uh, every little detail that we missed that we could not possibly talk about because there are eight women, eight different stories, and a whole bunch of ramblings in the book. So if you want to read it, that's perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying don't read it. Yeah. I'm just saying be prepared for when you do read it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you do read it and you feel as frustrated as, or maybe you love it and you got something yeah. out of it that you didn't, or you didn't even if you know. just like, yeah, even if you just watch the docu-series or watch the uh like watch or just look it up um just let us know anything that you feel if you feel the same frustration if you feel differently maybe you do think it was just one person yeah give us your thoughts because we our thoughts are still (laughs) let us know we're not alone in our misery (laughs) all right so that was (laughs) uh murder in the bayou who killed the women known as the jeff davis eight okay by ethan brown by ethan brown so next book we're going to read is called The Sun Does Rise, How I Found Life and Freedom on Death Row. It was actually Oprah's book club, summer 2018. 
And that is by Anthony Ray Hinton and Laura Love Harden. Uh, and I'm so just, tune in. Go, go ahead. No, I'm just excited to get away from this book. Oh, me <laughs> too. It. That's all I am I'm ready to, to put it to rest for a little bit. Put it back on the bookshelf <laughs> and never pick it up again. Always be thinking of the victims. Never be thinking. One hundred percent. Never be thinking yeah. of this book for me. That's how I yeah. feel. All right. I'm just um, going to be thinking about the Jeff Davis eight, not yes. about the story that was yeah. written about them by Ethan Brown. <laughs> oh, something we didn't talk about super quick oh. was that uh, Jeff Davis Parish got his name from the Confederate. Uh, yeah, president. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that should yeah. pretty much say it. That should pretty much bring it around. I'm probably going to cut that out, but that's just my first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, join us on first for first things first. Yeah. Uh, like we said, send us what you think so we can talk about it again. <laughs> oh, and be reading The Sun Does Rise with us because I really feel like it's going to be a good one. Yeah. And that will be out a month from now. So we will <laughs> talk to you guys then. Bye.